Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. Troy Dula here, and it is a rockin' Tuesday morning down here in Destin, Florida. Just finished up with my Tuesday morning men's accountability group. And, you know, last week I shared with you that after our Tuesday morning breakfast, our pastor had explained to us that, man, the budget had been tight at church, and they had to lay off everybody, including himself. I love his leadership. And, uh, man, I, I was today we sat there and we met and we said, hey, how was, uh, how was everything Sunday? How was the, the offering? Because we had uh, we'd done a little bit of networking right here in our own hometown. We talked about it. The pastor shared with everybody what was going on from the heart. You know, I hate going to those churches where it's always about the money. And, uh, you know, in six years we've never done anything about money. And he took ten minutes and just shared with people. And I want you to know, everybody got a paycheck this week, and we're putting $5,500 in the savings account. Now, I tell you what, that just shows that what Richard's talking about in this book is real. See, so many times people just want to sit around and not talk about what's going on, or they want to look at their movie and say, oh, maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to segue just for a second with the Christians, okay? because I know that not everybody believes my way. But a lot of times Christians want to sit around and say, oh, well, if it was God's will, it'd just work out, or I must not be in God's will because I'm going through hell. And you know what? I'm glad to see our staff and our pastor didn't do that. You know, they came and they they put a plan of action together. They shared what the need was with the members of the church, and it was fun because he made it very clear, look, if you're just hanging out and visiting us, this isn't for you. And that's the way it is. I, I just, you know, when you can put practical stuff to use, You get it. And today, Chapter 5, your movie is real. I think Richard hit something. Man, if you have not been to Bliss Business, B-L-I-S-S, business.com, and seen everything else Richard has, there's no way. Let's just be honest with each other for a second. There is no way that I can even come close to expressing what Richard has put in this book. I am nowhere as, as... suave and and to the point as Richard is when you hear him speak. Wake Up Call that's on his website is a must for everybody. I was blessed by him to get that in the mail on a on a Saturday a few weeks ago before it went live. Man, it's great. Folks, listen. You need to check out what Richard has going and if you really want to change your life, get on his newsletter so that you know the next time he's doing a retreat. Because there's nothing better than Richard, one-on-one, being able to to work through some of this. The art of vision and self-motivation, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Listen to how Richard opens this chapter. There are two basic parts of our mind. Our conscious mind, which is kind of at the top of our head, and with me it gets a little hot because I don't have hair. And it provides us with reason and judgment and discernment. Our conscious mind can tell the difference between a real experience and one that has been vividly imagined. However, our conscious mind compared to the rest of our mind is fairly useless in terms of accomplishing great things. And that may freak some of you out, but it's so true. He says the rest of our mind, that our subconscious level, it includes our belief, our faith, our courage, our inspiration, our emotions... And our creativity, do you know that your emotions are are, are centered around your nervous system? That's a whole different training, but it's 
when, when you start dealing with people and you start digging deep like Richard has and, and like I have, you become students of human nature. It's amazing. I, I wrote an article for our newsletter that's based on techniques I used as a bounty hunter that, that special ops and interrogators use to extract information out of enemy combatants. But yet I've been able to use it in sales, so I wanted to, to put some of it into an article that we're going to put out. Because it's powerful stuff when you start to learn this. Richard has something here that I thought it was unique as he started to, to say it. He said, and, and some of this, look, it isn't going to, I've never seen this movie, but I understand what he's saying. He says, how many have you seen the movie Philadelphia? Do you remember Tom Hanks playing the part of the lawyer who contracted AIDS? Do you remember being touched by the story? Do you remember tearing up just a little? Do you remember maybe even trying not to get emotional? Well, now I can say this about almost any epic adventure that you might have seen. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be Sweet Home Alabama. It can be a Christmas movie. It can be Star Wars. I mean, there's so many. Gone with the Wind, Mo- Last of the Mohicans, The Patriot, or the, the you know, you can you can think of them all that's there. But yet, did you think that while you were getting emotional, while you were getting engrossed into the movie, that it was it was just a movie? Did you think about the fact that the actors are being paid really good money to do those parts? Did you remember knowing that he, the person that you thought died, the, the hero right there in the arms of the heroine, didn't really die? They, they did another movie. Randolph Scott was always good at these parts, you know. I mean, think about this. Because, see, what Richard's explaining here is what our mind does. The scenario that he described with Philadelphia demonstrates the difference between our conscious mind, the things that we really know are true, and those things that don't matter much. Do you realize that's why advertising is so powerful on TV and radio? Do you realize that, that it's one thing to see it on TV? But do you realize the reason that talk radio is so rampant and that their advertising is so high is because people hear it in their mind and their mind starts to paint the vivid pictures. I want to put something in here that Richard doesn't. This is why it's dangerous for you to get in conversations on the Internet in an email. You may be writing something based on what you saw in an email, and it may not be at all what that individual thought. Because you didn't hear the tonality of the voice. You didn't see the body language. Everything that you're responding to is coming from inside the movie that you are playing in your mind. This is why bullying is so big on the Internet. This is why kids, women, and men feel intimidated is because Past emotional pictures, the movies, become livid, or, or vivid, not livid, vivid in their mind. It's it, Just be cautious, man. Pick up the phone and talk to somebody. See, the scenario demonstrates the difference between how our conscious mind knows things, but how those things don't really matter much. And when the powerful part of us are subjected to the movie, and that moves us, then it moves us. See, we respond as though what was playing in our head and our heart was actually real. Even if we even if we don't want to respond, we do anyway every time. 
And you may be saying, Troy, you guys, that's just a lot of garbage, like a psycho, metaphysical, new agey, and it's not. You know, I told you guys when I started doing this series, I was going to put a lot of military velactia in here so that you guys would understand it. See, one thing that, that holds true is when you do something over and over in your mind, when it's not real but you think it's real, it becomes real. There's new scientific studies that show women and men both are, are really getting whacked out because of the porn that they connect with on the Internet because it comes, becomes so real to them in their mind. Now, I don't know why they're just now figuring that out because in the military we've known this kind of thing for years. That's why we created simulation events. In the early years, before technology, we did it in real life. We went out and we played war games over and over. Think about this. Is that not an oxymoron, war games? Okay, it's not a game, but yet we created war games. As a kid, we grew up playing Cowboys and Indians. We played G.I. Joe. We simulated the events. Some of us that grew up more on the streets than we did in the upper class with gold and silver spoons in our mouths, Learned that sometimes when you were playing those games, you became so intense that you would end up getting in fistfights, broken noses, the whole kit and caboodle. What Richard's saying here is fact, not fiction. Today, our best top gun pilots go into simulated events over and over and over and over until they can take a 40, 50, 60, sometimes a billion dollar machine and fly it like crazy and do things on it that make Tom Cruise look like a wimp. That's why special ops will go into a massive event underwater over and over and over to become better and better so that when they get into that real life situation, it becomes second nature. Sometimes we may watch an action movie and we think, man, that's so so real. It's because those stuntmen have practiced that over and over. The, this is what Richard writes, and this is what – focus on this. A vividly imagined experience has the same programming qualities and impact as the actual real experience. So if you're sitting there in your mind – Playing that movie over and over and over, your body's going to react to it. Your mind is going to react to it. If it's negative, you will shut down. See, to the powerful part of our mind, this is Richard again, reality and fantasy are the exact same thing. You can see... Even a real experience is no more than the perception of your mind. You have an experience and you have a perception of the experience. Two different things. I told you guys my dad's the toughest man I've ever met. And you that have been with me on the radio shows for a couple of years know I've shared stories. That's where I think I get my pain tolerance. But you know, I remember a time when it wasn't about being tough. It wasn't about being mean. Him and my mom for kids. My dad would bust his butt all day at work. He would come home. My mom had been running around taking care of my little brother and I. We'd jump in the, in the I think it was still the station wagon. It, it could have been the charger. 
would jump in the car and we'd go to church, and they would spend a few hours dressing up like Raggedy Ann and Andy so that they could entertain children at a revival for kids, a little get-together that they did for a week. I saw an opposite side of my dad. That became the reality for me at the time. I was young. I thought, this is cool, man. My dad is Raggedy Ann. I mean, Raggedy is Andy. My mom's Raggedy Ann. It was also real easy for me to understand Dad was Santa Claus. See, this is what I'm getting at. It goes to a heart level. And that's what Richard's saying. The dilemma is we grow up, we become adults, and we're still internalizing and making all the movies. And because of the pain, because of the perceived hurt, sometimes because of the hurt, we shut down. You know, I told you early on, in this series where I had a situation in my life where I had to go and, and JT was running across a field, pit bull after him, and I picked the pit bull up. The pit bull jumped at me. I mean, it was in the air, teeth bare, and I grabbed it around its neck. I'm choking it. It wanted to bite my neck. I'm choking it. Had that been the very first time I've ever had to come face-to-face with a dog, I might not have been able to do that. But see, one morning I was sitting at the kitchen table and we were going to be going to church. And I heard a dog yelping and I looked out the front window and saw a dog stuck in the fence. So I ran across the street, up up the, the hill, grabbed the dog and like a doofus, grabbed the dog's back foot that was stuck in the fence. It hurt. And guess what the dog did? It bit my face. I had come face to face with a dog at a very young age, and it had bit my face. So as an adult protecting my son, a pit bull coming at me didn't bother me because I'd already felt the pain, knew that it wasn't that bad, and had no problem. The difference is that first dog was a hunting dog, and it wasn't its nature to go after your throat and kill you thing with a pit bull is it is, I just didn't give a rip. The movie playing in my head had nothing to do with the reality of I should be fearful. We all go through life experiences this way. See, we make up what happens in our thoughts. We're the ones that are sitting here freaking out on things. We're the ones that want to live in our dull, negative, disillusioned, self-pity, when the reality is most of the stuff that we fear will never, ever take place. And those things that we do fear that are going to take place, we can't change them anyway. So there's no reason to be fearful of it. See, your thoughts and your feelings, this is Richard again, are the vision of what that experience was for you. Let me say that again. I think that's, that, that may be the, the... Listen, your thoughts and your feelings are the vision of what you experience for you. And your perception is not the only true perception of the experience. Here's how I know that. How many times have your kids been in the same situation and they come home and tell you different versions of the story? The event, the, the end result may be the same, but what they saw was different. 
Or how many times do you think a judge sets in, in up on the stand, listens to two sides of the same story, and has to figure out which one is really the reality and which one was the perception? You know how many times I deal with this in network marketing? I get distributors that call me on the phone. They start telling me how their company has screwed them. And I listen. And then I ask questions, and I said, well, did you read your policy and procedure where your company said you can't do that? Uh, no. Okay, so I don't think it's your company. Oh. Or I'll get a company owner that'll call and say, Troy, so-and-so just left my company and went over here, and, and here's what really happened. And I'll say, how do you know that happened? Well, so-and-so told me. I said, okay, so you haven't really seen the contract you don't know if a deal was cut. You don't know how much money was – no. But so-and-so, okay, so the reality is you don't know, but this is what you think, and, and the the real reality is you just lost somebody you thought was a friend. Yeah, okay. See, we all do this. It's, it's, it doesn't matter what it is. We do the same thing when we're when we're trying to close the sale. Somebody says no, and we automatically think that they don't like us. Well, if they liked me, they wouldn't say no which isn't it at all. See, think about this. If you make up what happens by the thoughts and the feelings that you have with the experience, how can you change that? Richard says this, think for a moment of a particular event that happened to you a long, long time ago, something you did which was stupid or embarrassing or some, or something you called a failure. Now, how many times have you played that over and over in your head when you've gone through a similar experience today? See, that's what you've got to look at. Most of the time, something happens somewhere. We put it in our brain. We say to ourselves, I don't like the pain. I never want to go through that again. And we shy away from it. The opposite is true about people that have addictions. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, alcohol, doesn't matter what it is. It's painful. They get wasted. They, they go through this euphoric change of their chemical imbalance, and then they come off of it, or they party till they puke. Oh, I'm never going to do that again. And then they go back to it because there's something about the high that, that overcomes the, the judgment of saying no. Tony Robbins says we're either running away from pain or we're running towards pleasure. At first I thought that was kind of weird until I realized we're either looking over our shoulder trying to run away from something that's to get us or else we're running forward into the arms of somebody that wants to hold us. That's how I look at that. See, everything in life is this way. Richard brings up his story again. He says, Remember my story of stealing the sunglasses from Red's Market at the age five and how I learned that by telling the truth, it was painful and humiliating? How many times do you think I relived my perception of the event? What kind of mindset do you suppose that created? See, in his mind, telling the truth was stupid and painful, but yet in reality, it's the greatest thing you can do. I built a relationship with my kids to where they even knew when, when I was pissed off at them that telling the truth was always better because I would back them in an event if I knew the truth. They'd still get in trouble, 
but they'd get in trouble for what they did. They wouldn't get in trouble for lying. See, this is what you've got to think about. This is how you've got to deal with this. You need to start telling yourself the truth. If you're not succeeding in network marketing, no matter what company you're with, if that company is a legitimate, direct-selling company with a viable product, a good training program, great compensation, then the reason that you're failing has nothing to do with the company, the product, or your upline. It has to do with you. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll rabbit trail for a minute. One of the things I crack up about is when I get a distributor that calls and says, my upline sucks, and I'll say, and your point is? Well, don't you need a good upline to, to build your downline? No. See, the compensation plan starts with you, not with your upline. This is This is where network marketers get it a little crazy sometimes. If if you truly own your own independent marketing and distribution company and you're using a specific company or product as your vehicle to move volume and move dollars into your pocket, then your upline has nothing to do with your business. You need to concentrate on becoming the best leader you can so that you can grow your downline to go out there and build their own independent marketing and distribution organizations. This is not rocket science. But it starts with you. If you don't value personal development, then you're not going to grow. Now, some of you, well, Troy, you know, our pastor told us that that, that personal development stuff, could be, it's of the devil. Well, I'm not going to go that far because I've been in personal development since 17, 18 years old, something like that. I mean, I, I, I thrive on that. But what I will tell you is that if you feel that way, if you're confused with it, um, if you're not sure what you should do, then maybe you need to find some help. And there are some places where if, you're a, if you truly believe that, that all, um, how do you say it, if, if you believe that all personal development maybe new agey, maybe of the devil or whatever. Let's just say that that's how you feel. Then let me share with you a, a place that you can go. Because maybe Richard's website's not going to be right for you yet. Okay? Go to kazone.com. That's C-H-A-Z-O-W-N. Kazone.com. It's 100% free. Kazone is the Hebrew word meaning a dream, a revelation, or a vision See, are you living your kazone? See, Richard's book, The Art of Vision and Self-Motivation. Are you living your vision, your self-motivation? See, I, it, trust me, folks. I am big on becoming a better person because I believe in my faith. That's one of the things God intends. If, if all you did, if you said, Troy, I don't even know about this, this Christian crap you're talking about. I just love Richard Brooke. Okay, great. If you ever pick up your Bible, don't start reading in Genesis. It'll, it'll freak you out. And don't read Revelation at all because it'll scare the hell out of you. Okay, instead, go to Proverbs because all Proverbs is is just exactly what it says, just great great Proverbs that help you grow your business, grow in personal life. See, it's amazing to me how all this stuff kind of goes back to what Richard's saying. It's up to you. 
you've got to do it. You've got to decide. What's your story? See, every epic adventure from the dawn of time to now is about personal development and change, overcoming the odds inside of a person. Richard didn't make this stuff up. He just put it in a way we understand it. I love the way he writes this. Listen to this. All of this, the experience itself, what you've been told about it, what you told yourself about it, the thoughts, the feelings, the pictures, the movie you created from your self-talk script, and all the times that you've seen it over and over again, all this goes together to create the beliefs that you have about yourself, to create the expectations you have about your future, and the simple stunning secret to all of this is here. We make it all up. Every bit of it. We made it up. None of it's true. The script that you're working on has nothing to do with the truth. The, this is powerful. The only real truth here is that you made it all up. Here's what my truth is. From as early as I can remember... I just wanted to make my pappy proud of me. I would watch him. I watched how he treated my mom. I watched how he treated me. I watched how he treated other people. I watched how he worked. I watched what he said. All I wanted to do was make him proud. The reality is I should have been making myself proud. But that was something. That was that was this whole life for a year. I mean... I don't know, probably almost 48 years now. I've, all I've wanted to do is make my daddy proud. I knew my mom was proud of me. There's nothing a boy can do that his mom's not proud of. I mean, you can rob a bank, and I think she'd probably find something to say, well, at least he did the right thing and, and, and you know, got got caught. I mean, she'd find something. She's always finding something positive. But I wanted my daddy to be proud of me. See, we all have this, and, and many times I think my dad was proud of my endeavors. He might not have said it, but to me that was it. Until I started to realize, man, I need to make myself proud. In a lot of cases, I just need to make God proud. But once I started looking at things, I realized that this whole time I'd been looking at the past, not looking at my future. I'd look at things that my dad said, man, you didn't do that right. Man, you should have done that better. I never looked at the positive. I was always looking at the negative when it came to making my dad proud. Are you trying to make your upline proud? Are you trying to make the company owner proud? What kind of recognition are you looking for? You need to be making your downline proud. You need to be saying to yourself, I want to be a leader my downline can be proud of. And to do that, you've got to fix yourself. So you've got to make the change. See, Richard asked a question. He says, is it true that anything that ever happened to you once is the way you are? Answer, well, yes and no. What's true is that who you are and what you will accomplish with your life is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Until I stopped looking backwards and started looking forward, I kept self-sabotaging my own doggone success. Once I started looking to where I wanted to go instead of where I've been, 
The past just didn't matter. My past successes are irrelevant. What matters is how many lives can I impact and change in the future. You've got to be that same way. You've got to start rewriting the story. This is something, and Richard may get into it, I'm not going to share with you yet, but here's what you've got to look at. There's a reason that great epic adventures are remade. There's a reason that we now have Smurfs at the movies. There's a reason that Conan just came out. Now, I think some of you are probably laughing about that, but there's a reason Flashdance just came out. Oh, not Flashdance, but uh, the other new movie with Kevin Bacon just came out. So you got to look at this and say to yourself, wow, if they can remake the old classics into great epic adventures today, I can remake my movie and make it a bestseller for myself, my family, and my downline in the 21st century and stop living the past of what it was like in the 20th century. That's the key. Richard wrote something I thought was really good. He wrote it back in 2005. He said, confidence, seeing it, feeling it, trusting it all. That's what I love about this man, his book, and his life. Tomorrow, Chapter 6, The Art of Deciding Convenience or Commitment. This is a five-star. This should be great tomorrow. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow morning with us for Real Mentors Radio. Dot com. Bye now.